Welcome to In Other Worlds, an improvised world-building podcast where we take a set of random words and use them as a springboard to create fictional worlds. I'm Chris Parker. And I'm uh, Garibaldi Exoskeleton. That's who he is. <laughs> so, uh, Garibaldi, uh, mind if I call you Jack? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So what's up with you? You got any you got any good pre-pod banter for our first episode? Yeah. The shrimp are dying. Oh no. I got a shrimp tank. Like aquariums are really fucking hard. I got all the water parameters. Yeah. Did you do the dry start? No, I didn't do a dry start. Well, that guy was saying you should do a dry start. Everyone says you should do a dry start, but I did a wet start. I mean, the dry start is like, so your plants get settled and stuff, but I think they're dying because the water out of my tap is bad. Uh. But yeah, I keep pulling dead ones out and I actually got a $30 endoscope. It's really pretty cool, except like it's pretty bad quality, but it's so an endoscope is like a camera on the end of a bendable wire, you know, to do like- For colonoscopies, yeah. Yeah, for colonoscopies. Which I'm, yeah, I'm doing a colonoscopy on my shrimp tank because there's a lot of little, it's got this piece of wood in there with like a million different little holes in it. So I'm looking in there and I'm finding all the dead shrimp in the holes. <laughs> That's where they go to die. Yeah, I think they're trying to get away. That's their instinct. They're trying to get away from their poisoned world that I've created for them. <laughs> they also, like I read online that the so there's been a number of molts which i don't know if they're molting because they're stressed or because they're healthy and need to molt but after they molt they're they're scared because they're i guess they're vulnerable they're new and fresh yeah they don't see they don't seem any more vulnerable like it's like is there really something like that's jaws couldn't like bite onto a hard shrimp body but would find purchase in a soft shrimp body i don't know but they go and hide after that. And the females, after they molt, if they're of breeding age, they'll like send out pheromones in a little, they'll go into a cave and send out pheromones. And then the man shrimp come around and, and lay down their seeds. <laughs> uh, that's what I read. I hope you're using the, the endoscope for that yeah. because we need that nature documentary. <laughs> it does have recording capabilities, but it also only lasts like 30 seconds because it's very it has a light on it and i guess that takes a lot of its energy <laughs> yeah you got to hook up the external power to that light so i don't know that's what i got going on i forget if i told you this but i was uh i was surfing i was looking at camping stuff to gain knowledge for when we go camping and i ended up on a doomsday prepper site oh yeah and uh those are fun <laughs> yeah you're uh your bug out bag yeah there's a wide spectrum of doomsday preppers that go from the mildly <laughs> overprepared to the absolute yes. psychotic insane paranoid delusional and like so they have an acronym do you know about the acronym no it's teotwaki if you don't like nine letter acronyms that's the end yeah teotwaki it's the end of the world as we know it and uh they all have very different views on what's going to happen. It's the end. Okay. Yeah. So they're all fans of 
that song, I guess. Yeah, they really like that one song. They also really like talking about how dangerous the world's going to be. But I'm looking at this website. Let me tell you what he says. He's like, this is what the end of the world is. It's when an event happens that thrusts our world back to a pre-electricity, pre-power grid era. That's like 1880. That's like not even 150 years ago. We're going to be fine. (laughs) It's so stupid. It's like as if like there might be some looting, but it's not going to be. Come on. And we're not going to lose any of the scientific knowledge we have either. We're going to lose a small amount of it because we're going to lose the internet. But like everything that's in books and people's brains will still be around. There was never a point in time where post-apocalyptic bands of insane people were roving around and killing people. Like, I mean, like at any stage of civilization, even like civilizations that didn't have written stuff. They developed language just to tell us that they didn't have roving bands of, of psychos. (laughs) Yeah. But they're not all worried about marauders. Uh, The survival mom.com wants to tell you that a rural retreat won't be safe for you because the federal government has you in their crosshairs as does the United Nations. (laughs) So buckle up. That's, that's all I have to say about, about this nonsense. It was fun to, to goof on uh, doomsday preppers while I was looking at survival stuff. Yeah. But I do, uh, I do love a post-apocalyptic world. It's uh... yeah. Maybe we'll make one. One of the great, one of the first greatest, first and greatest inspirations. My first and greatest love. Do you want to, do you want to get to it then? Yeah. So let's get to the reveals. What we do is we roll some random words that we're going to use for inspiration. And we roll a random world type, like low fantasy or high fantasy, certain types of sci-fi. So we're going to you know roll them bones roll those dice yeah roll that chance cube roll that beautiful bean footage <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm 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 rolling this part we got low fantasy in the distant past low fantasy distant past nice all right so let's talk about what let's make sure we're on the same page as the low fantasy okay low fantasy to me is any world that is partly mundane, partly like an ordinary world, but magic exists alongside of it, kind of like Harry Potter, but there's more crossover in between like the muggle world and the and the magic world. You know what I'm saying? Both mundane people and magic people like coexist, but not to the level of high fantasy, basically, where magic is an everyday thing and dragons are flying around and like punching people in the face yeah <laughs> all right so but we don't have to do swords no it doesn't have to be swords yeah okay gotcha and then uh distant past is what do, what assumptions can we make about distant past does that just mean a technological level yeah sorry everybody this is for the technological level they have so relative to earth standards distant past what what are we going to say that is like before the enlightenment before 1400s i don't know Hmm. i i didn't come up with a hard and fast rule on this yeah and it's hard to say it's like when you're talking about technological it's like well you know there's people living in the jungle 
right now? Are those people distant past? I think the most advanced civilization on the planet is what is what we're talking about. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, you you getting anything? Uh, I'm not getting any ideas. I, I think that's probably good. I think we want to wait for the words. Yeah. You want to roll the words? Yeah. I'm just thinking like um, distant past. All right. Well, I mean, I guess we'll talk about later what that means that we don't have access to. Yeah. As kind of assumptions. It's a little vague intentionally, so we can we can bullshit it. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's roll those words. All righty. <laughs> what are they? We got <laughs> reward, mm-hmm. nippy, and leg. Reward, nippy, leg. Okay. So. <laughs> this is a leg based leg based magic. I'm thinking. I think le- like leg tattoos, maybe like for runes. They have to be on your legs. Okay, yeah. Now, why do? They- oh, do you dance? Do you dance the runes out into into the ground? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is already a great start. <laughs> so, yeah. Leg runes, leg runes, and dancing. Uh, what what is the reward for this? <laughs> what is what are they doing? Why are they doing it? <laughs> um, leg based magic. Um, do they have? Is it two legs or is it more than two legs? I think for now we'll assume two legs, but we can do we can do non. I think in fantasy most spe- well. First of all, it's low fantasy, so there's some humans, I guess, right? And then even if there are other species, but most other species are humanoid that can that can dance anyway. So for now, we'll assume two legs. All right, we'll do humanoid dancing. And then now I'm thinking that not everyone has this power, but there are those <laughs> with big legs. The bigger your legs, the more runes you can fit on them, the more tattoos. Right. So surface area of the leg. <laughs> so they got like a big, like a big wrinkly leg or like a big, like a leg with lots of flaps folded over i don't know if flaps are good they might have to be revealed to the world i don't think flaps are good i think you need a a convex leg (laughs) you know okay but you're gonna need both look here's the thing you got your runes that buff your legs and those are gonna need to be displayed on basically a round surface so your legs have like a sort of ball-like protrusions you know your leg is looking like a pack of grapes right sure big grape legs and those are covered in small runes that are giving you extra powers but i also think you're going to need a skin flap you're going to need like dewlaps that are hanging down and those are going to be those are going to be basically runes that you can activate that needed to be kept secret so you flip up your leg flap and it's like the rune fire is there and then like the the village is scorched so what do the non magical people who don't know about magic 
think when they see a, a, a big beefy leg man with leg flaps walk into town, because I would assume they don't have the same leg biology. It's some sort of secret. Yeah, I mean, maybe do they even have legs? <laughs> a world where the the leg, the legged are, are oppressing the legless. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know if they're oppressing, but it's just kind of like uh, yeah, I think like yeah, the legs, the legs come into town. They come into the village. It's there's a village. <laughs> there's going to be a village. Yeah, we're in distant past level technology. What kind of society? Well, let's let's work on the non magic side, I guess, so we can figure out what these magic people are doing. Also, we still have to use Nippy in some way. Yeah, which it might just be cold. Maybe the world's very cold. I don't know. Yeah, Nippy can be cold. And Nippy can be bitey. Right. Hmm. We can go with cold and work in bitey later. <laughs> yeah, I think cold is interesting anyway, because they're going to have exposed legs the whole time. <laughs> so they have to live with that, that pain, and that's going to affect their culture in a certain way. Right, you sort of... You need these, you need to reveal the leg in order for the magic to work. They probably have tearaway, tearaway pants. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, yeah. To let the leg out. Yeah, so do they, is it unknown who who's a legler and who's not because you just got pants on? I guess, yeah, that's, that's good because that way they can walk among us without, um, without drawing suspicion. Yeah. And then, uh, is it a Harry Potter type world where the leglers and the non are sort of coexisting, but un- unknowing on one side? Um, I think it doesn't have to be. Like, it can be that some people know about leg magic, and it doesn't have to be like Harry Potter, where you know you're born with this talent. It could be, it, maybe it can be learned and you can develop your legs enough to learn it. I don't know. Yeah. So I'm, let's see, what should it be? Um, I like, I like that second way that, that people can enter the leg world from the normal world. Sure. And become leg masters. What are we going to call, uh, let's, let's come up with a name right now for these leg mages. Because I really need to be, have something to call them. Yeah, I, I've been calling them leglers. Yeah, that's I don't like that. <laughs> Legends. That is actually decent. <laughs> um, um, like foot foot slingers, <laughs> step slingers. Oh, step slingers is pretty good. Uh, stepdads. <laughs> hmm. <clears throat> so, what is it that prevents someone from from attaining leg status? Maybe it's cold, and oh, maybe it's so cold. The chemistry of the world is such that you're kind of 
your your heat and your energy is always being sapped out of your legs because they're in contact with the cold ground. And so if you can find a way to get away from the cold ground, your legs just naturally start swelling up <laughs> and getting hot. And then you carve a rune into it and it releases the leg heat. You know, and uh, depending on the shape of the rune, you can manipulate that leg energy to do different things. I think that's a great way to to do it. I think it, and it also, it could just be like the strong survive. Like you have to be able to withstand having your legs out in the cold to to be able to produce the magic. Like you can try and get there, but if you're not strong enough, you might get frostbite and die. So maybe having leg magic is two parts. A, it's about knowing these runes and having the practice. Maybe everyone can do leg magic, but like to be a leg mage, it's like being a great sword fighter. Like you really need to practice because you need to be in a situation where you can let your legs swell up. Like maybe everyone's legs, if kept away from the cold sapping ground, then the the ground is like a magical sink, right? It's like stealing magical energy because the world yeah sure i like that we don't have to come up with a reason right now but we can it's cultivating all the organisms on the on the world are they're giving back there's not really like maybe that's the source of energy on this world or something it's just the it's just the environmental cycles or you know life cycle of this of of life on this planet basically it's the ecology of the planet yeah, so like the farther you are away, so let's say that there's like a there's like a distance cubed law where it's like the farther you are away from the ground, the more it's draining your energy. The farther you are, the more it drains. Yeah, because my thinking is that I'm trying to come up with a reason why like standing up right is like very beneficial, right? Cuz you're like you have the advantage, you have the high ground on everybody. You're, you're higher up and maybe you can take advantage of resources easier, but you're also, by virtue of getting above, by virtue of standing, you're kind of, yeah, you're losing energy. So it's like really the most efficient way to be would be to have one big leg. But organisms grow, too, because um, in case one gets cut off. Also balance. But I mean, the issue with that is is dancing. What if they they can't dance while sitting? No, I, I, I don't know. I I'm not imagining dancing being part of the leg magic anymore. No, I, I really like dancing. But I think like, I mean, I, I don't think it's dancing insofar as like dancing invokes the magic, but I do think like contorting your legs and whipping them around into uh, certain configurations is definitely going to like pump the leg energy into these uh, flesh balls that have runes on them. And it's allowing a beam of energy to shoot out or something. So it, it, well, anyways, what, what I was proposing was, a world where uh, basically if you are able to keep 
if you're when you're lying down, you're basically charging up these these leg batteries, and then you're walking around, right? And 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 you know, moving around on this world is really hard. Like everything is like super hard. It like takes a lot of energy. So you've got to have these like extremely beefed out legs, and they need to be batteries. They need to be able to store up energy for a long amount of time. And a lot, most of the organisms kind of spend most of their time just like slobbing around along the ground like slaws. And, and, you know, so it's like you got the legs, which are these huge, these massive organs that are, that are storing up energy for when you need to move really fast. And then you've got these like tiny decrepit claw arms that are just like the most... The least amount of muscle to move you along the ground, but it's just not as good, right? So you got, and then you've got like a torso ball that does all the rest of your work. So I'm, I'm sort why of do, thinking, why are they, why are their bodies so ball-like? Well, because why I can't just, they just be gross humans with with very gross? I was thinking just they had like really bulbous legs, and it was seen as grotesque when they revealed them, and that, and so they were persecuted. That's like what I was thinking. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm just going off in a in a in a in a bold direction. I'm I'm going based on this world having essentially like this magical gravity that's sucking all the energy out of everyone and so I mean, I'm okay with that aspect of it. I like that aspect of it that it's part of like the energy cycle of the world or whatever you want to call it, but the fact that like everything has so clearly evolved around that makes it seem like everyone would kind of know. Or at least we have to like talk about how their the the mundane culture has evolved around it because like then all of these people that don't have leg magic are just balls of flesh that can't do anything, right? Well no, I mean I was proposing that everyone does have leg magic. It's just that to be a great leg legler you have to you have to wield your legs like a samurai sword like you can't like you can't just you know most civilizations it's like okay you know we'll have a siesta my legs will rest up i'll move over to the water hall and then i'll lie down again and then i'll get back up and go to my bed but a great leg magician spends many months meditating and building up a huge leg to go on an expedition, like to go on an adventure and solve a problem. And they've got these legs that have, have grown in size massively and they're on a timer, right? Like they, they're able to do incredible feats and they're, they're, and every time they carve in, something they're actually carving into their flesh they're carving these runes and they're whipping their legs around and they're shooting ice beams and uh paralysis rays out of out of their leg their flesh balls on the on their legs and that's taking up energy so it's like you know you got different you got different styles you know you got like these these ray the the order of the rage leglers and they're just like they'll be dormant for three years and then they'll just go on a pillaging expedition and they're just bad dudes. They just like, they use their leg magic wantonly and they exhaust themselves. And then, uh, 
you know, sometimes like a glorious death for a order of the rage Legler is he's, he's blasting rays and magical spells of confusion in a, in the middle of a village square and suddenly he collapses. And then from all the scared wives and children, their little dough ball bodies come, come slowly creeping out on tiny little claw like sloth arms towards his body. And then they just, they start nipping at his, at his leg flesh. <laughs> All right. I really didn't like the, the arm thing, but now I, now I like it because, <laughs> and because then, they've just, that's the only way they can sustain themselves. Yeah. yeah. And then they rebuild their city. So that's kind of just a story, a legend, but yeah, I mean, there's great leglers who, are able to practice using their legs. I mean, it's like, it's like great skill in wielding a, a katana, you know, it's an art. It's like everyone can do it or it's like being a boxer because everyone has fists in the world, but not everyone's good at using fists. Yeah. I mean, in our world, in this world. Yeah. They, I mean, we can go revisit the body physiology, but, I do have like this image of basically a donut hole with little sloth arms and then like these legs that can vary in in size greatly. They're they're sort of like very flabby balloons when drained of energy, but they can swell up to great size when given enough. Okay, food I have a new uh <laughs> I have a new proposition for it. so I think normal people who not normal people every, well yeah since everyone has access to leg magic normal people who are prone to using their leg magic are called leglers because they're throwing their legs all about right yeah the the use of leg magic like basically this world's equivalent for the word sorcery is legger legger demancy because le- ledger main yeah, yeah. spelt leg <laughs> and it's a slight that's like magic it's sleight of hand so yeah leg legger germancy legger germancy yeah legger demancy legger demancy and then step slingers are the are the samurai the good the good one the really good magicians right. because they are they're they're slinging their steps they're the talented ones and that's why you have to uh you have to learn the arts of dance. Yeah, and they they have like patience and they have like beauty and movement and balance is important. But you know, you also have just people who you know, you have people who don't practice the art and leg magic can be extremely dangerous, right? Because you need to carve a rune like the energy has to flow out of your leg. It's basically like there's a whole like social thing of like you never want your legs to swell up too much because it's incredibly dangerous if you're doing something wrong. So like, if you're like a kid, like your parents are just going to be like fucking stand up and move around. Like you, you, like, because you could destroy the whole village, like by, by getting too much leg and, and like carving a rune in it and just releasing like a a swarm of bees that destroys everything. (laughs) Maybe childhood is really dangerous too, because since kids are growing, they're they're building up energy more too. Right, like you got it. Like the whole the whole 
like society is very worried about getting too much leg. So it's kind of like you've got these people who are wielding this great power and it's it's pretty insane that that they do it because it's it's such a dangerous art, you know? It's like I don't know. It's like wielding an, a dangerous weapon, but you can hurt yourself. You can easily hurt yourself. I want to get into more factions. What was the, the Rage faction called again? I think it's just Order of the Rage Leglers. Okay. Uh, I think so. that's like the Berserker Marauder Viking group in this world, kind of. Right. So it's it's a society that is... It's a society that is not careful about their leg magic but they have a sort of either they live in a geographical place that like allows for a time of a time of safety where they're kind of as a as a group they're all just resting for maybe three months on the ground and then when it comes time they they get up they start stomping and cheering and then they march across the land and they find these villages that are totally unprepared because they have no defenders and just take them down but they i mean they're they're destructive they accidentally kill each other they hurt themselves they they're prone to using up their energy and just collapsing and and it's all part of their society, right? It's like, yeah, it's it's very Viking. I am a fan of another culture that they have developed a very slow, like Tai Chi like dance that allows them to move more constantly. They they don't have to hibernate as much, but they can't stop moving like a like a shark. Yeah, I know? like this. So a they're lot. nomads. They're nomads that are just like dancing their way across the world. Yeah. Un unfettered by the uh <laughs> <laughs> by the need for rest yeah <laughs> it's like a rave so these people like it's very so what what they've done is they've developed maybe they have a bit stronger arms and they've made instruments and that's allowed them ah. all to keep pace and sort of maintain a constant movement or they have some ability to i don't know if sleep is needed by these by the denizens of this world but maybe they have some way to Maybe they can sleep dance. Yeah. And that allows them to maintain like a critical mass on their legs. So they can just kind of outrun the Vikings or outmaneuver the Vikings. Maybe the Viking, the order of the rage is it's faster in a dead out sprint, but these guys can sort of like they're, they can, they can trick them. You know, it's like, uh, Oh, we, we went behind this bush. And then, and then the Vikings collapse and they just, and die, yeah. and they just dance away. <laughs> I really like that. And then yeah. you know, but mo- yeah, so that so that we've got the three types of of living, and and the third being like the the villagers. Who, well, I think there can be even more types. They're very, they're but very. Yeah, we have three so far. Yeah, no, there can definitely be more. But I wanted to visit and just revisit the villagers, and they're they're basically like their philosophy is never go too long without draining your legs. And they've got a very normal, like to human lifestyle. Like they, you know, they've got a period of rest, you know, maybe they're, they're on a day cycle. I don't know if this world has a sun or they get up in the morning, they go into the leg draining room, they unzip. And they, yeah. Uh... They, 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 they have, they have ways to drain legs. Like, 
carefully. And those are like their village, like warlocks or their village, like medicine man. I think there would definitely be people who rejected in the in the villager type group that like rejected the use of like real magic because it's obviously so destructive. So they just drain their legs in in the in the safest way. Right, exactly. Like they they are kind of like they would definitely have sort of stories about people who use their legs, abused leg powers and brought destruction on their family. And, and they would have like legend, you know, they would have like a mythology about how, you know, they would almost see the, like what's in their legs, that energy that I don't know if it's fluid or how they release it, but you know, that's like evil leaving the body. You know, they would have a whole morality tied, tied into this. Yeah. I mean, most of the time, these villages may have gone, you know, generations without seeing someone who's really using their leg powers in a in a different way. Like maybe the, these stories of the Vikings are these distant things and it's kind of like a boogeyman, but it it doesn't ever really happen, you know, because for all these different types of uh, leglers to exist, there's got to be. Uh, enough stability they're not interacting all that often although the nomadic people maybe no yeah the nomadic people are obviously moving around the most i think then the rage leglers are probably moving around out of these three groups the second most because they are pillaging and going like whenever they need to make their stop and and regather their energy they just stop wherever they are and they go on pillaging and then the villagers obviously do not move a lot at all but there's probably a lot of small villages where that just have similar cultures or have interacted on a small enough scale that they share a culture i mean a large enough scale that they share a culture. yeah and probably the order of the rage like you know, they have this weird symbiotic kind of abuser, abusee relationship with maybe uh, villages that are on their route. Where so like in my earlier story, it's like the villagers came and, and feasted on the exhausted Vikings. And it's like, so those villagers, they they have a mythology where, you know, it, they're not okay with getting pillaged but they they do have a you know after it's done there's a there's some guy who's of a religious mind and he sort of tries he uses some way to explain what's just happened and you know they have a sense of like it's not okay but it's like you know there's an order to it the post the post tragedy sense of uh like need to rebuild unifies them and that and like yeah a religion kind of forms around to to make that feel better yeah and i mean maybe they even view it like you know these order of the rage legglers are like are like gods or something and they're they're coming in and they're resetting the order of the village or something like that i don't know um what other uh what other types of societies could we have what other types of human or uh groupings could we have um i think we need we could talk about like uh non the non-humanoid flora and fauna i mean things are going to be so the world is constantly draining energy so it's taking energy out of the system. 
but that the energy flow out of the system is weaker the closer you are to the ground. So there, it's likely that the the surface of this world is fairly uniform or at least low, or maybe it's not. It's it's just like Earth where there's highs and lows, and you know at a higher elevation you get a very different type of of creature than at a lower elevation. Like maybe the dancers, they can only really exist at, at closer to sea level elevations because if they went up into the mountains, it's just not sustainable. Like the the leglers of the mountains, well, they have like, they have extreme conservation, but when they come, if they were to come down into the lower lands, they'd be like, Maybe they'd be incredibly powerful. Like they'd have a natural edge. <laughs> they'd have, yeah. It's like people who train at high altitude, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their lungs are better. So also, then I think maybe even the things that live closer to the surface. So I think the way we explain this is kind of like a magnetic field. Like you know, there's like a inward. Maybe there's a pole at which like this the 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 force that's drawing the magic into the earth is the strongest or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. um, anyway, I think at the surface, away from the pole, at least, the the flow is weak enough that you could actually be pulling magic out of the earth. Like maybe there are plants that do that. Yeah, I like that. But I don't know. I don't know if humans can do that or not. But like they would have to develop a very strong magic to be able to do it. Yeah. So I think we need to introduce like a, a second resource, because if there's magic flowing in and then there's a way to pull that magic back out by like plant roots, then... There needs to be something else that we need. And maybe that's where we can build up a, a, a plant um, to explain that. Like, let's say that there's some uh, miasma that is, it's difficult to bring that sort of molecule or uh, stuff closer to the ground because it naturally is repellent from the magical energy. So like these plants, they have to, they need it like everything needs that though you need it to keep your bodily functions going so the plants are reaching upwards but it's hard but they're reaching upwards to gather that stuff and pull that stuff down and use it and transform it into something that's vital for life so it's almost like the whole world is kind of like this hmm. this gaseous exchange at a very low at a very small a short uh yeah, I think you could uh, you could represent it through some sort of gaseous cloud that is you know traveling in air currents and uh, and when like stor storms of it come over sometimes and that's either good or bad depending on what kind of energy this is. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's like, but are are storms good? I think in this case because you need the energy to survive. So it's kind of like the rainy season in a in a uh, agricultural society. I don't know. I don't know. It's like oil and vinegar world there's a cloud of vinegar and it can't mix with the oil and where the vinegar and, and, and where those two things are close together, that's where you're getting this really heavy force. Basically that's why there's more energy lower to the ground and it's hard to stand up is because at the interface between the, the miasma and why don't we just like, we could just say it's like water vapor. So let's say there's water. It's a, it's just clouds. And that stuff, that's, yeah, that's why I said it was clouds. It's easier. But the other, the other energy in this world, there's this, there's this magic energy, and the 
and water repels that. So it's pushing it down towards the surface of the earth and eventually it's seeping into the ground. And that's where, so you need both of these things to survive. So flora of the world is all about reaching down deep under the surface to collect energy A, the magical energy, and then growing up to to harvest the water. And then everything else is about eating those plants so that you get both. Yeah. I would think also, is it warmer higher up in this world? Because the energy, like, it's very dry at the surface. It's arid. It's cold and desert-like, like Antarctica, kind of. And then as you get up, it becomes more temperate. Yeah. 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 I like that a lot. Fits well. Do you want to do you want to do a rando? Do you want to do our segment? Our one segment? Yeah, let's uh, let's hit the segment button. All right. Uh, we have a segment that we're going to do called What in the World? What in the world? What in the world? What in the world can that be? What in the wide world of fuck? What is that? What is this? What is this? What in the world? In the whole world. What in the World is a segment where we take a random aspect of this world, like a plant or animal or something from a culture, like a, like, um, you'll see, and, you know, any aspect of this world, and we randomly roll it like we did at the start of the episode, and then we come up with that thing, with what that thing is. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit the button, and we'll see what we get. We got an aspect of geography, which we've kind of been talking about already, so that's good, and it is... Oh, this is interesting. Celestial influence on the on the world. So are there like meteor showers? Are there tides that are influenced by space? Are there seasons? Yeah. How is otherworldly stuff influencing this world? Yeah, I think we have gone with the assumption that this is a planet of some sort. Yeah. Right. I think we've been we've been talking about we've been talking about stuff that assumes at least in my head and probably in your head, that this is the surface of a planet and that it has a, an atmosphere that changes as you go higher up. So there's some gas, you know, there's gas and then there's this water vapor. So, um, but how does the, how do the stars and how do the things outside of this planet work? I mean, it's probably a good opportunity to talk about, you know, the local solar system too, if we wanted, like we haven't decided on whether there's a sun or not. Or even if it's even if the rules apply, yeah. I mean, the the scientific rules don't have to apply because it's fantasy, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got any ideas? Um. Well, how much? I think it's pr- there's probably a sun. There's probably because that's just the easiest way for us to process a world. Like, I, it's hard to think of a world without a sun unless we explicitly want to do that because that's interesting but um i'm getting a crazy idea which is that this whole world is we know it's ball shaped but what if this world is being kicked around by big celestial legs by big celestial feet i like that in a game of sport <laughs> so do does anyone on the planet know about that like is that a mythology too or is that just the way the universe works and no one knows <laughs> The effects of it have to be. The effects of it are felt. Yeah, like what on what time scale? Right, because this is celestial influence. So if you've got these these giant god legs that are 
oh, you know what? Maybe it's just hacky sack. Maybe it's a one giant god who's playing hacky sack with his legs on this world. Or a juggle. A juggle. Oh, but that's not legs. I mean, hacky sack is leg juggling. But I was figuring there would be more than one ball, and those would be other planets or the suns and stuff. Okay, but maybe, maybe this isn't actually happening. Like, let's just say that this is the mythology. So let's, what if, what if the, the planets in the solar system, instead of moving around each other, they kind of juggle in these strange patterns. Like if you were an astrologer, you'd be seeing, you'd be seeing the sun go up and down in, in the sky. Like it goes straight up and then comes yeah, straight yeah. down. Like it would look, I don't know what it would look like, but basically, so there, the, the astrologers, you know, who don't understand this yet are thinking that all of the planets and the stars are basically being like juggled by a great hacky sacker in the sky (laughs) (laughs) all right i agree with that and because because of that's the way the world works and it's not you know heliocentric uh the seasons are going to be like real fucking crazy so yeah we we determined that it's dry at i mean it's dry i think it always has to be dry at the surface and cold because otherwise but maybe maybe higher up where it does get warm, maybe that has like volatile seasons, real volatile weather systems. For sure. Uh, but what is what is a season? Does it have to be like what is this? If there's a sun, what is the sun doing? Yeah, it's not going to be strictly like Earth seasons because it's erratic. It's not seasons are are fixed. That's why they're seasons. Right. Up till now, we've built a world where, and we didn't really go into detail. And I don't think we want to because it's a can of worms. But like. I'm assuming that this world does not need energy input from the sun, that whatever it's got going on with the two, with the water vapor and the energy and the magical energy is sort of self-sustaining. I think the sun is contributing and just the people at the surface don't really realize that like the heat from the sun is still hitting these upper areas where maybe, so maybe the, the fog, the clouds, maybe they blot out the sun to the lower areas, right? Yeah. And that, that is the source of that is the source of heat. Yeah. I guess because the sun is going around really erratically, like that's just gonna change temperatures very quickly and make storms out of those clouds. Yeah, I was gonna say, like maybe the seasons are really it's just as simple as you've got like a stormy season and a and a dry. like a dry season so in that case when it's the dry season uh there would be a lot of energy right like food food would be scarce but there would be a lot of leg energy available so people could move around and interact during this season is probably when the rage when the order of the rage yeah go goes and pillages right and then the wet season when it's very hard to move about and uh, it's storming, the order of the rage is just kind of light, laying low. Their legs are building up and they're eating their <laughs> spoils. Yeah. I like that a lot for controlling their time scale. So they are actually like seasonal uh, pillagers. Yeah. So my question is, what do other what do other groups like say the villagers how do they act in the in the so the wet season is when it's hard to move right and the dry season is when it's easy is what you said 
Yeah, because the dry season would be less clouds, so there's less pushing. There's less pushing down of the of the magical energy. The magical energy is is more available. Yeah, because the water the water pushes it down. So, what are the people doing in in the dry season, the movement season, the villagers? Because they are they interacting with each other villages, or are they still like afraid to leave their villages because of pillagers and stuff? I think we can build a an an agrarian culture out of this where during the dry season they are fertilizing their crops with their leg their leg blood oh that's a good use of it yeah because they don't like the idea of having too much excess leg energy so they are spilling that out and it's uh going into the ground and their their plants are loving that right yeah because the plants roots are wanting that energy so and I think that's so it's a period of fertilization and, and rapid growth. And then when the storms come, like it's a good crop season. If you have plants that by the time the storms are there, their upper their upper leaves or upper like moisture captures are up above like the thermocline cutoff point where they can freely access that moisture really easily. Right. I think uh, that we've succeeded at what in the world, if you want to change topics, but we could keep talking about the seasons. No, I think that's great. I want to turn and talk about like the, the, the elephant in the world, which is that we never, we, we've never talked about the masters, right? We've talked about these people who use leg energy. Uh, they've built it into their cultures, but we haven't talked about someone who really knows what's going on. We haven't talked about the samurai. We haven't talked about the the great leglers, the practitioners, the yeah. Okay, so they definitely have some sort of dogma around leg energy, right? It's it's a whole if not wholly, it's important, it's everything. It is yeah, it is that that energy is their whole it's their religion. Yeah. Yeah. So Let's start with that, I guess. Um, yeah. Are they, well, are they like the, it takes a ton of training and it takes a ton of knowledge, but they can come from, I'd imagine any of these tribes and they are. Yeah. Uh, but do they use these powers for good? And also like, what are the power, what are the leg energy powers like? Like let's let's get into that magic because oh I mean I think that could be almost just all types of you know standard magic that that most worlds have access to maybe there's some special leg related spells but um I'd rather stay with the what how the samurai type culture works first and then then get into that because I think we're on a train with that yeah um so I what if because there's less magical energy at the top of the mountains. That's where you go to train, and because of the high altitude training thing we talked about, that's where you go to train because it's less dangerous to train. You're not going to accidentally right. blow up your legs at high altitude. It's less dangerous, and your legs are adapting to a lower energy input. Yeah, adapting to a lower to being more efficient with your energy use because you're in a low energy environment. Yeah, right. It's kind of like staying in Super Saiyan 1 in the hyperbaric time chamber for a year. Oh, hell yeah, it is. <laughs> um, 
are there going to be like monasteries up there or do you just go up there solo mission and and train? I think that they would have to have organized because it's such a dangerous thing that, you know, you can't just do this. And I also think that they would maybe recruit people, you know, they would recruit promising people. And like, if you left a village to become uh, a samurai legler, like your your whole, your family is going to disown you right because that's it's evil yeah yeah and if you left from the order of the rage like you'd be dealing you'd be you'd have to learn patience you'd have to learn temperance like they'd really put you through the ringer there you know they'd probably start you out by bleeding your leg energy all the time right like you'd have no energy yeah. they'd say like if you came from the order of the rage like your first year of training you'd just be you'd have these, your legs would be weaker than your arms. Like they'd be these drained little sticks, just, just dragging along the sand, making two little weak leg patterns, almost like (laughs) seaweed, like dry seaweed dragging behind you. Disgusting. Um, And then I think for the nomads, it's actually the opposite because they're used to moving. They they would almost die if they stopped moving. So they just they're they're just dancing in a circle constantly at the top of the mountain. And then every once in a while, a master comes by and like stops them for half a second, and they go, (laughs) "It really hurts. (laughs) It really hurts." Yeah, definitely. (laughs) A master stops them, and they feel immense pain. And then they and then they let them continue dancing again yeah like they need to be more comfortable with with uh greater swings of leg energy yeah right like a samurai yeah i like that there's like uh you know a year of training where you're learning to to fight and to fend for yourself without the use of your legs at all so maybe oh of course yeah because if you're going to be a great samurai master, you have to be prepared for a situation where you don't have access to your magic. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, and then why does the monastery exist? So if we're talking about like an economical thing, you know, they, the, the elders, they're getting old and they're teaching the craft and they're trying to build a society, but maybe the younger people, you know, once you've gone through initial training, you're going out and you're adventuring for, for money and glory. And you're bringing that back and that's supporting the monastery because up there, you know, you can't, it's a, it's going to be tough to have a functioning kind of. Yeah. There's not a lot of food. They're going to need, they're going to need imports. Yeah. Yeah. And if we're talking about a trade, if we're talking about trade, then we really need to talk about like how are people moving stuff. There must be some pack beast that's able to drag goods. Yeah, I was about to say we have to get into animals. We have to get into beasts of burden and mounts and uh, various ways of getting around without using your own legs. Yeah, so I'm thinking that just a wild thing is that... um, I'm thinking something like a slug is is what... (laughs) is most efficient at moving because it's it's all foot, right? It has no legs <laughs> and it's low and it's low to the ground. It's all foot. It's all or it's all leg. Yeah, yeah it's all leg, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's just like I don't know, a leg that scoots around on the ground. Leg slug. Yeah. <laughs> it's like an inchworm. I mean it could just be Yeah. It's just a foot shaped or a leg shaped um <laughs> 
like but it's still a worm or a slug like it just vaguely leg shaped also and it bends at the knee oh maybe it has maybe it does have a sturdy hinge in the middle (laughs) so it's like an inchworm but it inches by the knee oh my god and and so you have to sit on the knee too it's like sitting on the camel's hump you gotta sit right on i don't know if you sit on the camel you sit up on the i know for the in a in in for the one humped ones where where do you sit in our world you got to sit on the yeah. hump, and and yeah, and that's why they that's why they made two hump camels so you could ride two people on them. Uh, I th- but I thought you sat in between the humps on a two humper. <laughs> I'm just I'm just goofing. I don't know. I, I know. I I don't know where they sit. I'm gonna I'm gonna Google it because it's very important to this if they whether they sit on the knee or not. You gotta know. I think they they yeah. I think you sit on the knee. Either that or I mean. Or you, or that's just dragging a sledge behind it, like wheels. Probably, I don't know if anyone's thought to make a wheel. I don't know if wheels work because. Uh, now nah, you sit you sit behind the hump. By the way, you sit behind. Okay, obviously. Um, yeah, I don't think wheels are. It is distant past, so they don't have to have. Yeah, I mean, maybe wheels are going to change the whole game, but right now they're they're using sledge technology. I mean, we did say the ground was was arid, so yeah, I think it's sledge. If, if most of the world is a sandy substrate, it's like the sled makes a lot of sense, and passengers would be pretty comfortable on a sled because they aren't. You're not higher up, so you, as low as you, as low to the ground as you can be, and still be moving not under your own power so but because those are slugs right but because those are slugs those are slow those are beasts right. of burden they're super slow what about like a fast horse like mount something that's fast can be used for combat potentially even and i mean this this sort of mount thing might be kind of it could be like a revered animal by the by the order of rage because presumably if this thing is like some kind of a like a I it could be. I mean, it, I would think it'd be a predator, or it'd be something that has to move, that has a need to move fast. But then also, if it moves fast, it must at some point rest. So, I like the idea of. <laughs> I mean, it could just be something with four legs, which is crazy, right? No, this is. I I was I was going to say eight legs, <laughs> oh, but shit. only it only uses it only uses four at a time. Oh. So imagine like. A cheetah, right? And then at, at its, uh, where it's, like, legs meet, I guess what you would call it, shoulders. Haunch. I don't know what the term for non-human animal. Yeah, the haunch. All right. So, like, right over those, there's, like, a second leg coming out, and they just, oh. they're just, like, flopped on top. Can they Not be... being used. Oh, yeah, And then yeah, they yeah. swap, they swap pairs. I was, I was imagining them dragging along the ground, but it makes much more sense that they fold them up on their back, like, wings, almost. Yeah. And so, yeah. in times of great duress... They use all eight legs and can go extremely fast, but normally they're they're moving at a more natural pace. And I think uh, definitely like this is kind of a this is definitely an apex predator. Yeah, I said cheetah, but you know the only thing I don't know if I want it to be a cat like creature or not. Predator, I like predator. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it looks like other than it's got legs, but I do know that. It's gonna be it's gonna be a predator, and I think it's gonna be uh, it's definitely gonna be revered. And I think the the weakness of this animal is that it must have prey. If if prey is not doing well, you know, 
it's it's not doing well either. So uh, it can't explode in population despite, you know, being sort of really well equipped to do amazing feats. Yeah. But it's dumb, right? So there, you know, there's a, a, a human, you know, the humanoid things, the leglers and stuff, you know, maybe the only reason they can dominate this animal is because of our small arms, which are able to carve the runes, right? Like, otherwise, this thing would be the dominant life form on this planet. But because of our leg magic, you know, we can actually tame this, defeat it, and in some cases, tame it and ride around on it. Yeah, I would say tame it because the fact that you are feed it, you might feed them. If if humans could develop a, a an efficient enough society that they could generate surplus food to feed these animals, then like we would be talking about the like the next age of technology, the next age of humanity in this world. So where they 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 would just advance incredibly if they were able to you know ride these things all over the world. Yeah. But I mean, these things are are feral. And so let me let me put this out there. What if uh, what if the whole purpose of the samurai is to hunt these things down and kill them rather than actually? So they both revere them, but they're also killing them because it's this is the job of a, the hunt. They're the hunters of these animals, right? Like they are keeping the rest of the world safe from these predators sure i think i think they would also have to have a an energy-based reason like the fact that they're able to consume so much energy makes them you know like an aberration in the in the cycle of energy because they're over consuming something like that too i think would be uh would be good yeah i'm just uh i'm thinking motivation for the monasteries could be the, the the adventure like their whole thing is tracking these down maybe there's not that many of them you know because they're so low they're almost like dragons right like they they have low reproductive cycles we're talking about the scale of you know there's one of these per 100,000 yeah humanoids because these are mythical creatures because they and so the the samurais are actually like they're logging them and they're tracking them and they're, they're sending out the less experienced leglers just to get a bead on where these things are. And, uh, there's legendary leglers that have said to have, that are said to have renounced the order of the monastery altogether. And, and they're living symbiotically they They could be evil or they could be good, but they've tamed these creatures and they're, they're living alongside them and they've formed the bond. Yeah, I really like that because they're do we want to do a kind of like they're the originators of the magic trope, you know, like they I like yeah, I mean I do like it if somehow this whole ecosystem falls apart without these beasts. Yeah. And and yeah, what do their faces look like? What what are they they have scales? Are they are they crab like it would have to be something pred so yeah okay uh, if they're a fast predator they're gonna have to have a way of taking down prey quickly which i would assume is jaws you know because like it's either jaws or claws but since their feet are you know being used for running it's got to be they got to be a biter um so that really i mean cat would work dog like would work um I like dogs. Yeah, I like legendary dogs. 
Okay, yeah, let's go with let's go with Pokemon Gold and Silver then. Um Okay, so we've got legendary big dogs. Yep. And I mean they could even have elemental power. They could literally be because, you know, we know that the leg energy does maybe allow them to to use powers, you know. So it's like hu- humans train trained humanoids can wield all sorts of different elemental powers, but these things are unique in that they're all sort of aligned with a special type of energy that they're releasing. I think that works with the the dragon thing too cuz like for dungeons and dragons dragons each color of dragon is a different element. They have like a different type of breath. So you got you know? like the pestilence. I think the pestilence one that just releases gas, kills everyone and eats them down. You got fire, electricity. All right, so they are how how did they come to be so important in in this magical energy cycle? Because I get, is it because they were such good predators that they, and this is why humans are also able to use magic. They're such good predators that they built up and uh, a surplus of magical energy, and then therefore they had to it had to release itself in the form of magic. And since humans are the next biggest predator or the biggest predator on the planet, depending on you know whatever. They that's also because humans live in surplus. They're not on a day to day, even even though we've we've talked about how, you know, these people kind of have kind of hard lives. They're not living on pure subsistence. They can store up food for the next season. Right. Yeah. So. So, yeah. So what about I I have an idea. Uh, I don't want to cut you off, but um, now go go ahead. I am starting to like the idea that the energy that is suppressed by the uh the clouds is not uniform throughout the land and it it moves slowly like it dissipates very slowly so when one of these creatures dies basically they are they are ma- amassing these tons of energy and w- and if they come into town and they release a bunch of magical energy in the form of lightning or if they are f- slain like for the next thousand years like that area of the world now has now has this energy cycle right like they they bring it and otherwise the the world it uh it tends towards the energy spreading out slowly to the point where it's not usable by higher life forms it's only usable by like little grubs and shit so here's what i like with this i like i like tweaking it a bit where if they come and release energy via an attack or whatever they affect the flow of energy through the planet but if you kill one and it releases all of the energy into the ground like the land becomes very fertile exactly okay so that that's the reward for our words at the start so like the humans would see killing them as a as a amazing you know miracle for them because it's an amazing boon to them. Although killing them would ev- all they don't know would eventually destroy yeah. the way the planet. But you works, need basically. you need to provoke these things into attacking too. So like every village is going to have some champion, and in some villages it might just be the village idiot who like the <laughs> elders are like okay, uh, Delman. Delman, you are the champion. Go fight that thing. And they, they, you know, they just kind of take a little stick and they prod at it until it <laughs> releases a bunch of stink into the ground. Until it just 
zaps it just zaps Delman for like 13 hours straight into a pile of ash <laughs> and then like they can build a new plot of crops on it after it leaves yeah i would think that uh there aren't that many village champions that are strong enough though because that's why the samurai have to exist yeah 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 i think this this culture the culture originally was Okay, I'm liking this because it allows us to get like a real character in the mix. I'm thinking that the culture was always, you know, these the the village shaman, you know, the village holy man, like bullshitting, right? Like provoking this thing because he knew that it. So he's sending out idiots, but then one time, and I don't know what's what's the name of this guy. One time, this guy actually succeeded oh legendary figure like a like a king arthur almost right and he succeeds or he doesn't succeed but he escapes with his life and then he leaves he goes on a nomadic journey and he finds himself in the mountains and this is the legend of how the monasteries began right and his whole goal was i'm going to track that thing down and kill it and i am going to learn so what happened was he was in battle with this thing and it was just he quickly realized like his whole life had been a joke. Like yeah. his whole life, he had been told that he was going to kill this thing and succeed. And like, he was going to be the hero. And he had this totally fucked up, like hero complex delusion. Like he, he, he was the highest status, but the, but the, an idiot, right? Like he was the highest status. So he, he had this like charmed life and he goes in there and all this, the illusion is shattered. But, but this creature, you know, he's fighting, he's, let's say he's fighting the elect. He's fighting the most notorious one, the one that's never been killed. And it's kind of like an early prototypal. It doesn't have, it releases its energy. It has metal power and it creates metal claws and it, it claws him and it hits his legs and his legs create this. It just so happens that the pattern it's a rune is clawed into his legs is this rune and it releases this great uh blast of fire energy and it scares off the creature and he's left like his whole world is shattered and he goes back to the village elder and he strikes him down with his leg energy and then he he leaves his family and he leaves the village i like the idea that he can't control the leg energy at first like he doesn't know right maybe that um you know he's just been granted this gift so it ac- i think he accidentally kills the village elder like in a fit of rage he's in a fit of rage but it is an accident right like he's not yeah. a he, he's not a bad guy yeah he, yeah oh man it's great and then he goes and he studies and he he starts carving different runes and he's he's seeing that he can if he waits, he can build up these powerful attacks. You know, if he doesn't drain his legs, like the village said, and he's thinking like, you know, he's got this, he's all fucked up emotionally because like, he knows this is evil. Like his whole, his whole life up until this point said that like using this power is, is bad. But now he's like starting to put the pieces together and that's how this world's sort of, uh, legends and and samurai came to be yeah they're legends they're legends about legolas who is this guy no um what yeah what could his name be um why don't we make that delmond because <laughs> I, I like the name delmond yeah forget about the other guy 
Yeah. Who was just an uh, anonymous village idiot. Well, I think their names were both Delmond. I think that <laughs> villages villages named their champions Delmond after that. Oh, no, maybe they just named it that before that. Like, it was the word for idiot, and then it oh, became the word for, yeah. like... <laughs> oh, my God, that's really good. The, the etymology changed. Yeah, so Delmond was always this word that meant... Yeah, it was this name for, like, the idiot, but it was also this weird joke. And then, because it was always the village hero, and then now no one, now they never name that person Delmond anymore. They don't even have Delmonds anymore. No, well, I was going to say now Delmond is the word, is the real word for hero, and the, right. the old meaning has been lost to the ages. So yeah, their their village idiots wouldn't be named Delmond. Yeah, yeah, actually, I, I like that. Heroes could be. Yeah, I like that a lot. Or they could just be like Knights of Delmond or something, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, disciples of Delmond. Yeah, Disciples of Delmond is good. Should we, um, I feel, I mean, like, yeah, I'm ready to name it and, and ship it if you're, uh, if you're ready or you want to keep going. I feel like we put a real good button on it. No, I think we can name it and ship it. So the, we don't have to name, we've talked about Leglers and Step Slingers. Let's just come up with a name for the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We come up with a name for the world. We we name the things that we have yet to name so that the wiki can have names. Yeah. So we got to have a wiki. Yeah, we're going to set up a wiki at some point. Um All right. So, yeah, what is what do they call their world? Feast feastus. See see sleepless. Sleepless. Seattle. They call it Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah. All right. The world is called Sleepless in Seattle. I don't know. How about Sandals Sandals <laughs> Resort? <laughs> yeah. Sa- how about Sandals Last Resort? <laughs> okay. Sandals Last Resort. Okay. For now, that's the name of this planet. Let's name the an- the Predators, too. Uh, yeah, we do need a name for them. Um, it's got to be something scary like Seppel Crave. <laughs> no. Car. How about Carvers? Yeah, we got to do it in a rapid fire. That's the only way we're going to find it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. I like I like Carvers as a serious one, but now you we got to do we, I, we we have to do this. We have to do it in a rapid fire. So it's like. You say one, I say one, until we both laugh, and then we know what it is. Cra- Craven Kravinsky's <laughs> best Bendel beast faces of faces of crap. Belmore. <laughs> I don't know why Belmore. Nah. Uh. Trent Trantles. <laughs> that sounds so dumb. Element, element, elemento, elementors. <laughs> run teenies, run, run tours, because they run a lot. Ah, it's really hard. We're not good at names. We got to step up our name game. Yeah, I know it's hard. I can do people really well, but I can't do fucking animals. Yeah. Um, well, I, I liked Carver as a serious one because they carved up Delman's leg, and then also, yeah, I do like Carver. 
Um, what about just Bre- breach, breach lords? Yeah. What about bre? Um, bre binto. Hmm. 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 Feet freaks. All right, let's go with Carver's. <laughs> Maybe we cut all of this out. Yeah, let's just go with Carver's. Yeah. I don't know if I'll leave this in, but just so everyone knows, we, we tried to come up with a name for like 10 minutes and failed miserably. <laughs> it's really bad. It's really bad. That's enough. All right. So the world is called uh sleepless in seattle or wait what was it called yeah oh no sandals last resort for now it's called sandals last resort and and it, the bat the legendary monsters are called carvers and uh that's it it's, this has uh, been uh what in the worlds what wait no it's no in other it's worlds been in other worlds <laughs> cool uh yeah hopefully we keep doing it tell us if you like the show i'll probably just add this part in later about like tweeting at us and stuff if we make a twitter yeah and buy yeah and go to sandals yeah go to sandals i mean that's definitely they they're they have a great business they have great uh you know uh services and uh great accommodations for you to enjoy if you're thinking it's corny, just take a look in the mirror, realize that you probably would enjoy it and go to sandals. Yeah, if you just if you stopped, you know, taking everything so seriously, you would enjoy a nice trip to sandals. Just look around yourself. So, who do you think you fucking are? You think you deserve like you think you deserve like a fucking magical Caribbean adventure? You think you're better than me because you don't go to sandals? <laughs> You think you're gonna just like, oh, I'm gonna see the local culture and like, oh, sandals is so, it's so can, it's so. I don't, I don't go to that prepackaged bullshit. You no, know, it's so, uh, you know, it's so American there. You know, I, 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 yeah. Well, you know what? You're not, you're not good enough for. You're only good enough for sandals. Go to sandals. It's gonna be a good time. <laughs> All right, everybody, enjoy sandals. See you next time. See you next time. World. World. World.